Welcome to this week's episode of The Rundown. It is October 1st, the 2023 rodeo season ended. We have some big races coming up and we just have so much to talk about. I am here with Casey Allen, managing editor of BarrelRacing.com. This week's episode is brought to you by Ride TV. Ride TV, if you go and use code RUNDOWN15, you can get 15% off your membership. We've already had a ton of listeners sign up. Thank you for supporting them. Um, They're going to have a bunch of new content. I know Casey just got done shooting with Ryan Padone. All of the Jordan Briggs, Justin Briggs content is over there. So make sure you go subscribe to Ride TV. And then, of course, follow our friends at BurlRacing.com for all of your most up-to-date news in the industry. We are here this morning, and Casey is actually sitting in a Denny's on the side of the highway <laughs> on her way home from Pennsylvania to Texas. So, you know what? We really try hard, no matter what, if it's from horse trailers or Denny's or basements, to bring you the rundown. Casey, I think we just need to start off with what everybody is here to listen to, and it is the recap on Sioux Falls. Awesome. So Sioux Falls did not disappoint on excitement. We had Kelly Allen and Ashley Castleberry there that were outside of the top 15. And then, as we mentioned on previous episodes, I think number 10 down to 15 were there fighting for things. So we'll just kind of jump through what happened in the first round. Started out with the Emily Beisel show. Her and Brittany Tanazi split the round win. Sue Smith and Summer Kosal got in there and got a little bit of money. Round two, Emily won again. She beat her own time, which ended up being the arena record for that pen in 13.69 seconds. Brittany was second, tied with Wenda Johnson, and Tacey Matthews slid in there for the first check of the weekend. So top eight round, we were all watching to see if Ashley Castleberry would make a move. She would have had to be at least second overall to get into the top 15. So there was, I can't imagine the amount of pressure that was on her shoulders during that run. Um, It didn't work out for her to make it back, but she was so much fun to watch. So who did make it back was Emily. She won the eight-man round. And then Brittany, Summer Coastal, and Tacey Matthews. She was actually tied with Jessica Rotier for the fourth position, but because of a tiebreaker, Tacey got to advance. Um, But Jessica made a great one in the eight-man round. Actually, the eight-man round was so dang salty. And then the final four round got a little bit interesting. Emily was first out. She ran a 13.74, and she was riding Ivory on Fire. That is Liza, who's by Ivory James. We've talked about her in previous episodes, and we'll talk more about her, I'm sure. And then Tacey ended up second with a 13.97. She was riding Pop Rocks all the way through the competition. Then Summer Coastal had some issues, and her I believe her reins flipped over mm-hmm. Apollo's head, and she hit a barrel, ended up third overall. And Brittany had some tough luck in the short go. She um, tightened, slipped around the, or fell down to some capacity around the second barrel. And then Brittany ended up coming off of him during her run. So we've heard that Brittany is doing good. The stud is doing good. She was on SR Industry Titan. Um, But it was definitely terrifying to watch. I mean, it was, so we didn't want to see her season end like that. But Brittany still had an amazing season between riding Jet's Top Gun, SR Industry Titan, and some other horses. I know you've got more information on that, but she ended up having the regular season's earning record shattered at over $270,000 on the season. 
Yeah. What an event. Um, I know it was, you know, a lot of drama to see who got into it with Lisa not going, um, Jordan, Cassie and Shelly not getting in there and then Kelly and Ashley getting a chance. Um, and really, I mean, what Emily winning technically all four rounds, um, I think she won a little over $43,000 and I just love that she gave Liza the chance. Of course, Liza has proved, you know, with her, um, second place in Puyallup and elsewhere this year that she definitely has it. But I just kept thinking, you know, watching all four rounds that it's like a real preview to the NFR and all these horses are firing. All of them are so tough in this small little pen. Um, as you mentioned, Brit had her fall and we didn't want to talk about it too much. Um, you know, the most important thing is that they're okay, but you know, dang, just it's, it's being shared all over social media, which I personally hate seeing that, um, myself and you know, everybody's opinions. And we just have to remember that like, we weren't there. Brittany hasn't come out and talked about it. Um, you know, before you crucify and want to burn down the houses of the people that are prepping the ground, um, Randy Spragans and his team was there. He, you know, is the one that came in and fixed Cheyenne. He's helped fix the NFR. Um, we actually have an episode coming out with him next week where we talk about the challenges of rodeo ground, um, mistakes made, how to fix them, what he does to prep, um, you know, and, and the ground up to that point had been really good. I mean, as far as in the terms of consistent, you know, Brittany, Tied to win the round 12th out the first night, won the round first out the second night. Um, there's only three tenths between the top eight, you know, for that round. Um, we don't know. We don't know what really caused it. And, you know, we just hope that everybody's okay. We hate to see it. We hate that it's being shared. Um, the pros and cons of the Cowboy Channel is that, you know, that type of stuff, nobody would have seen unless it was just recorded on a phone before then. And now it's, you know, being shared like wildfire. So we just hope she's okay. Um, if anybody can come back from a wreck like that and go straight to winning, it's going to be her. She has the pink buckle this next week and some great fraternity horses. So I hope that she's feeling okay and can do that. Um, but yeah, Sioux Falls, I mean, it, it, really was was the drama that we all thought it was going to be um the october 1st is here so you know the finals are secured like you said posy um i should probably start calling her tanazi but <laughs> brit um leading the world a hundred and nine thousand dollars above jordan briggs who's sitting second with a hundred and sixty thousand she set the new record for season earnings. And I think that's probably the largest amount between first and second that there's ever been as well. Like just dominated. I did look through, she had five horses, at least I know that helped their, uh, win checks at those rodeos. RC black and famous, um, also known as pickles and jets, top gun, who we all know is Benny, um, owned by Busby quarter horses babe on the chase which is her good old uh, veteran birdie took a lot of the uh money for her in the winter and then she had sr industry titan which barrelracing.com dropped the news that 70 ranch bought him and he'll be a pink buckle stud in 2024 it'll be really exciting to see him under that ownership 
And then Brittany also had one of her fraternity cults uh, win, win two checks for her at least, uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, her royal crown champion, Maybelline. Um, so she had five horses that helped her accomplish uh, that new record, which I thought was really cool. Um, Emily Beisel's going in third. She had 85 rodeos to the year and is un unofficially our highest rodeo count cowgirl, which rodeo count to me doesn't really matter. Like people, especially when you have multiple horses, you know, you might be taking the horses to go season, you know, but, um, she really moved up with her 43,001 in Sioux Falls. So she's going in third in the world. Um, and these are unofficial based on our calculations. Tacey moved up to fourth with 144,001, and she's a first-timer going into the NFR. Go back and listen to our episode we did with her a couple weeks ago. Um, she's just so kind. She's 20, 20 years old. She's not even going to be able to go into most of the casinos in Vegas. She's going to have to stay on the different colored carpets <laughs> for her uh, all of her 10 days there. Um, Lisa Lockhart, as we mentioned, was in in Sioux Falls because she knew she had the NFR made, and her, her daughter got married this last weekend with 134,000. I think this is Lisa and Brittany's 17th NFR, um, which is incredible. Cassie, who we will talk about later as well, is going in with 28 rodeos to her count in 133,000. We have Wenda Johnson, Jessica Rudier, 120 and 118,000 respectively. Summer Coastal, Got her her money once, secured her spot her first time. She had 115,001. So excited to see her do good in Sioux Falls. If you listen to our episode with her, she talked about how Apollo doesn't really like small pens. And I think he looked fantastic. So I'm going to be excited to see him run at the Thomas and Mac. Alyssa Riley, 111,000. She did not get to go to Sioux Falls. Um, she picked up a little check in another Texas rodeo this last weekend. But she's making it, and Alyssa has not been on the podcast, but we're going to make that happen, uh, learn a little bit more about her year. Stevie Hillman is the cowgirl that probably pulled the biggest upset in the last month of the season with her win at Pendleton. Um, Sandy looked great at Sioux Falls. She would have won the first round um, had she not caught a barrel, and um, that'll be a fun team to watch in Vegas as well. Sissy Wynn, 109,000. Haley, um, probably the lowest she's ever gone into the finals. I think this is her seventh NFR, sixth, seventh. Um, 105,000, and everybody saw she was on two different horses, uh, Leroy and Spider, this weekend at Sioux Falls. Sis did get a small injury in her pen at home. She's going to be fine. But Haley, as always, you know, isn't going to put her in a situation to hurt herself further. So I... Um, I was a little bit stressed out for Haley, um, just knowing that, you know, this last weekend comes to this event and, you know, her Colts really tried hard, but she didn't win any money in Sioux Falls, but she made it. Um, Sue Smith held in there. Her check at Sioux Falls uh, probably made the difference of her getting to make the finals. And she had Hef, which was uh, Centerfold's uh, son. So, and then Paige Jones, another first-timer. So, there's going to be four first-timers this year. Wrapped it up with 102,000. We definitely missed the mark on our guesses back in August of what it was going to take. And that $102,912 is unofficially the most it's ever taken to make the finals. What a year. Um, we're going to be recapping a lot of this 
going forward in the next two months leading up to the finals, hopefully talk to the couple girls that we've never had on the podcast before. Um, so be listening for that. Anything else on the pro rodeo front, Casey, or you want to dive into a couple of the big barrel races we had this year or this weekend? Just one note on the pro rodeo front. Um, as you mentioned, Emily Beisel moving up into third. She's only $2,000 behind Jordan Briggs. So I know Brittany has that huge lead, but Emily's got a heck of a team that she's going to take to Vegas. Chongo has done amazing there in the past. So world standings conversation, just something to pay attention to there. And then with Tacey being 20 years old, Sue Smith is going to be the oldest barrel racer in the field at 68. So, And we've got every age in between. So just saying there is no um, cookie cutter barrel racer that makes the NFR. They are all ages, all backgrounds. Few girls only had one horse that they were taking up and down the road. Some girls had four or five horses. So just thought that that was really interesting to see such a diverse group. Um, this week is when horse of the year voting is opened. I think the top 25 get to vote for that. Nominations have been open for a while. It's going to be really exciting to see who gets voted that. Cause obviously we have such, you know, tremendous standouts like what Benny did this summer, but then Brittany gets on Titan and look at what Titan's done. Um, Jordan, you know, her 160,000 is one on Rolo and she went to 30 rodeos. Uh, I think Jessica just has one horse. Wenda overcame losing one of her greats and, you know, Mo really stepped up. Summer in Apollo. I mean, there's just so many, all of these horses and these girls are um, well-deserving. I hope to have a little recap once Horse of the Year comes out, talk to the owners and trainers and the jockey of whoever wins it. So um, I'm hoping to put that together. On the barrel racing side of things, I there's two events that really captured my attention this past weekend as well outside of Sioux Falls. And I thought they were so cool that they were happening at the same time opposite ends of the country in completely different formats on big money payouts. Um, you know, there's always the debate on how, how the best payouts are. Is it higher entry fees? Is it more added money? Is it, you know, whatever it is. Um, so we had two completely different events that I just thought were so cool. Starting off with the West Coast Barrel Racing Association finals, this event really captured my attention. There's, they had 155,000 added to their finals for their open. They pay out on two rounds in the average. Um, it is a $225 entry fee and they basically get all this money because through the year, all these WCBRA members at every sanctioned race, they add $5 to their entry fee. And, um, that goes to the added money of the finals. So like they get to run, for their money they pay and like everybody you know over the course of the year pitches in and look 155,000 out of doing open finals is insane um open to everybody and gilchrist on fling to california won the average out there it, she was sixth in the first round second in round one i paid like 4600 dollars to win the open each day they had almost 500 some runners, I think. Um, and I just thought it was really cool. They had all kinds of side pots as well. Uh, you know, a main open warm up and all that. So I thought the West coast barrel racing association really stood out on the high added money yet low entry fee, um, year round association type of thing. Then on the other aspect of things was showdown productions had their 
first inaugural Texarkana showdown. Um, this raised a big creating a lot of excitement on that side of the country. It They had a fraternity, a derby, a high stakes, a consolation, an open 5D. Um, the fraternity derby was one round and it was like on a Thursday. And the interesting thing on this is this race, I think the open had some added money, but the fraternity and derby didn't have any added money. Um, it was purely based on entry fees, but it was a high entry fee rate. So they had 600 to $800 entry fees and the producer paid out 90%. So no added money, but high entry fees and a super high payout. And people were winning $20,000. Um, the fraternity was won. They had 130 entries. Skyla Peters won it on VF Rockham Stinson, won $11,000 one run. Um, and then that horse is actually in the pink buckle sale too. So that'll be interesting to watch. And then Kendi Cordova won the 2D on KI Letta Colors run. She won $7,800. So like high entry fee, high payback percentage, super high payouts. Um, so you can totally go to wherever you want, whatever opportunities you want in this industry. We talked about Cassie making the NFR. She won $133,000 on the year in the rodeos. On Thursday, at the Texarkana Showdown, Cassie won $90,000. Um, she went one- Just Cassie things. Just Cassie things. Um, one, two, three in the Derby on KL Touch of Heaven, Famous Ladies Man, and Will. Um, and then she actually won the 2D on Jarvis, which is Forced the Goodbye. So her- four set of geldings is firing and then she rolled over into the high stakes and everything but yeah a $90,000 day for her London Gorham I think one ran the fastest time overall for the whole weekend on running with wings we had talked to him about him before they won 22,000 for their win in the high stakes um, which is incredible Neely Lewis won the 2D on Sparkin lion spark in lion sorry can't read my own notes she won thirteen thousand, and then rebecca weiner won the 3d for eighty nine hundred dollars so the money was spread out really big payouts overall um on facebook i saw nothing but you know good comments especially with this being a first-time production for justin horton and his crew um and they just they went about it a different way they said all right we're gonna up to any we're gonna pay out a lot um and look at look at these type of payouts. So like always, just so much excitement in the industry. I did want to just mention one thing, like Kelly Allen and everybody that's listening, like I've really, I was really rooting for Kelly. I wanted all of them to make the finals, but I was rooting for Kelly. Uh, Kelly was the first one to get on Facebook and congratulate the first timers on making the finals. And she did that like as soon as the four man round. She was probably driving home from Sioux Falls when she did that. So I just thought that was really neat to see. Also, something that I wanted to add, I heard the commentators say a few times throughout the broadcast, like, yes, we're rooting for those people sometimes that are outside the bubble. We love the action. We love the drama. We love the underdogs. But without Sioux Falls coming in and putting up that kind of money at the end of the season, um, there would have never been that chance for those girls to move in. So super exciting to watch people be able to run for that kind of money at the end of the season. I'm sure some girls' pocketbooks were hurting at the end of the season, and it helped to have some of those checks come in. Um, I also wanted to add Emily not only won, like you mentioned, over 43000 She also won a $20,000 voucher 
for a Ram truck because she won the Ram Top Gun Award as the winningest athlete of the entire rodeo. So it's fun to see a barrel racer get to grab that. Whoa, that's so exciting. I didn't even know that. Um, and after all these miles they put on, I mean, they'll take it. They'll take it. All right. What a weekend in barrel racing. Um, there is no shortage of excitement coming up. This week is going to be Pink Buckle, Pink Buckle, Pink Buckle. Um, they have a $4.1 million payout over this next week. It's going to be so exciting to watch, and they have more side pots than I can list. We'll be recapping that next week. If you want to watch, I'm pretty sure 321 Action Video is webcasting everything. Tuesday is the Derby Round 1. Wednesday is Derby Round 2 and Paturity Round 1. They have like 340 plus in each class. So it's going to be a long day. Shout out to Jill Hines, who's going to be at the gate watching every single one of those runs. So if you see Jill, she's my bestie. Bring her coffee, maybe, you know, bring her a snack. <laughs> it's going to be a busy, busy week for that crew. Um, Thursday is the sale and what a sale it's going to be. We could have a whole episode just on that. Um, quick, you know, we had a Patreon exclusive for our Patreon members with Danielle Campbell and I from our last week's episode where we talk about our guesses for the high sale and, you know, our thoughts on the pink buckle sale and everything. So if you're interested in listening to that, go, go visit our Patreon. Um, they have so many horses in that sale that are just incredible. They have fulls out of Mona and Steely. The Myers Ranch is bringing six, I think, like outstanding prospects, a full brother to Hello Stella, um, multiple horses out of Royal Sissy Irish, whose sister's dam, um, Dolly. They have a couple Dolly babies in there. So there's probably, I think I was talking to a friend, like 30 horses that I feel like could be the high sale of any sale in the nation. And they're all in one sale. So that's going to be exciting to watch. And then Paturity Round 2 will wrap up on Friday, and Saturday and Sunday will be the youth in the open. And Casey, I know you're going to be there covering it all week, bringing us great reels, great videos, so we'll have a, a lot to recap with that. And then um, the WCRA Carolina is next weekend as well. That's going to be another event that we're going to have to cover, and circuit finals are going to be kicking up, so a lot's going on there. Casey, you have anything else that you want to add? No, I think you covered it pretty well. We'll have two team members down at Rodeo North Carolina and my mom. She'll be entered down there. Um, so we will have a ton of coverage coming from that also. If it looks like we're in multiple places at once, it's because we are. Um, just so everybody knows we've got an outstanding team. Uh, but it's not just one or two people that are helping to bring you guys all of this amazing coverage. There's about four of us, you know, pretty huge team total. Huge team. Yes. Thank you. Make sure to follow BarrelRacing.com on Instagram and Facebook, TikTok. Um, follow their web page, all their articles. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Hey, everyone. As Kayla mentioned at the end of the rundown, we just released an exclusive episode with Danielle Campbell for our Patreon listeners. And part of that conversation was about the pink buckle sale coming up this week. So to wrap up this week's rundown, we have a short clip from that exclusive episode. If you want to hear the whole episode, visit patreon.com or download the Patreon app today and subscribe to The Money Barrel. A big thank you to those already supporting The Money Barrel on Patreon. This would not be possible without you. Because I don't know all
all of the details of what every, I just glanced through the internet catalog at 3 a.m. when I couldn't sleep two nights ago, okay? So bear with me. But I did see a newsflash that the winner's version out of RC Back in Black is now selling with a pink buckle spot. So therefore, it is my prediction that he will be the high seller. Again, I don't know what other stallions are selling with a pink buckle spot, but that will be the high seller. It is going to be something that sells with a pink buckle stallion spot. Yeah. And without knowing which other ones are selling, that's my pick. And I did tell somebody on the phone today, again, what is the difference between a $300,000 horse and a million-dollar horse? You know, I don't know. And what what is that pink buckle spot worth to somebody? And some of the potential buyers, like when I first saw them, I thought, oh, I bet High Point will buy this horse. Well, let's be honest. High Point probably doesn't need that pink buckle spot. So all of a sudden, you took a lot of potential buyers away, but you brought a couple to the table that may have the funds and want that extra pink buckle spot, okay, mm -hmm. and have no other way to get one. So. I don't know who's out there that has the money, but I don't see any reason why a horse like him with that spot isn't going to bring 750000 And I might be way off base. I'm just going off of what, you know, otherwise I would have thought, you know, legit, that's probably... I know I, I personally have never ridden a winner's version, but I'm very intrigued by them. I've been looking for one. I've wanted one. Um, I've bred to him. I sold the baby. I've lost embryos. I didn't get my mare and folds from this year. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued enough that I'm trying. Yeah. And then out of that mare, without a doubt, he was a six-figure prospect.